right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and normally with me is Craig, but Craig is uh, off on his extravaganza in the warm state of Florida and has escaped this nasty Michigan weather that we've been having this week. So to replace him for this week, uh, we have a special guest, which actually I'm pretty sure that all of you have heard mentioned at one point or another um, because we bring him up in conversation. Uh, he's been a listener to the show. He's both He's been both a co-worker of mine and a co-worker of Craig's. But uh, we talk about Brandon quite often. I, I got to give him a little intro song here because he's a big wrestling fan. So I was like, I'm going to give you an intro song. He didn't give me one to choose, so I had to pick one for him. So. And there is <laughs> – how's it going, Brandon? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. There is special meaning behind that song uh, because not too long ago I told Brandon a story. Um, I don't even know how it came up. I'm not sure if we were talking about misheard lyrics in general or if I just kind of came out and heard the song one day and told him uh, about it. But the first time – or the first times I ever heard that song, and that was uh, Africa by Toto – and uh, when I first heard that song when I was really younger, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know how many times I heard it. It wasn't very often. But the first time I heard it, I thought instead of I blessed the rains down in Africa, that it said I ate some brains down in Africa. So that's the, that's our running joke now that those are the song lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I think it's come up more than, more than once while we're, uh, gaming at night <laughs> yeah yeah brandon and i often game together craig craig could if he would but he's a bum and he doesn't uh like to hang out with us off air i guess because he's too good for us but but yeah it comes up quite often we put it on social media and different stuff like that but yeah brandon and i go way back we go back to college and everything and he's a big michigan football fan probably a bigger lines fan and certainly a bigger uh horror movie fan before we kind of jump into it um, I'll go ahead and mention it now, uh, just in case if anybody's interested, but he does do a really cool, um, blog and movie review that's mostly in October with horror movies and everything. But, uh, if anybody is a fan of horror movies, uh, spe- specifically eighties slasher movies, Brandon would be your guy. Brandon, do you want to share where they can find that or find you to follow your account for that? Uh, yeah, you can um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, thirty one horror movies, and uh, my blog is actually uh, thirty one horror movies dot wordpress dot com. Yeah, so I I think we've got a couple uh, horror movie fans out there. I think that's come up in conversation, uh, but yeah, definitely want to point you that way. But yeah, Br- uh, Brandon graciously has stepped in uh, for Craig this week. And uh, I'm going to be threatening Craig that if uh, he acts up in any way, shape, or form, that we will re- replace him with a younger and better-looking co-host. <laughs> so <laughs> so he better get his act together. That's if he comes back from Florida. That might be just his retirement. He didn't tell you. 
Yeah, he didn't tell us, but he's going to be enjoying his uh, pudding and bingo down in Florida and never coming back. <laughs> oh, man. We, uh, we always give Craig a hard time. He's a good sport. And so speaking of sports, we'll get into the sports talk here. Uh, we'll talk a little football and a little basketball, obviously, because we're coming here off of the championship Final Four weekend for uh, college basketball. But let's start off with the football. And uh, to get things kind of uh, started, just mentioning quickly, because um, <clears throat> I know that we've mentioned it before, so you should have heard it by now, spring football game, not this weekend, next weekend, 7 o'clock in Ann Arbor. Craig is going, and uh, unless something unforeseen happens, I, excuse me, I will be there. And uh, for those of you who know Michigan Man Ray, he has said that he is planning to attend as well, as long as nothing happens between now and then. Uh, Brandon, you said you weren't going to be able to make it, I think, right? Um, yeah, probably not. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on right now because we're expecting a, a baby in August, so we're trying to get some stuff ready around the house. Dang it, I forgot that. I was going to do that announcement. Dang it. Ah. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> congratulations to Brandon and his wife. They are expecting their first Baby coming into the family. Well, I guess you could technically say uh, second because of your dog. You always talk about how much of a baby she is. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, it's definitely a, a game changer. But congratulations to Brandon uh, and his wife for the upcoming baby. So, yeah, you'll definitely be busy prepping, and you'll you'll be busy for, for a little while after that, too. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I expect that. So, uh, yeah, spring game next weekend, and uh, practices uh, have been going well. There have been uh, – I don't know if you've seen this, Brandon, and I forgot to bring this up. Uh, I'll probably just touch on it here. Uh, there have been uh, players that have met with the press and everything, and so they've been talking about how things are going. And for those of you who have paid attention to the off season over the past few years, uh, you will recognize that this year is going differently than past years because it's been rather quiet on the Michigan football front. Uh, Jim Harbaugh isn't being uh, as outspoken or as um, active on social media and different things like that. And so it was kind of interesting to hear the uh, players talk to the press because it's just been kind of quiet. Uh, but you hear positive things, uh, some of them, and I'm forgetting which ones specifically have been saying that there seems to be more bonding and uh, more positive inner interactions not saying that there were bad interactions but more uh more positive interactions and growth and uh camaraderie with the team and the coaches and the players uh there have been great things said about the new strength and conditioning staff um shoot i believe it may have been higdon uh but there was one specific player that was spoken to that said that uh, he's already increased his uh, strength, dropped his weight a little bit, and strength, uh, increased his strength. So good things starting out uh, here and leading into the spring game. Um, so since it's been kind of quiet, there's not been a lot of stuff to discuss, but we do have kind of two things to touch on. And uh, I'll start off with this one, and Brandon and I discussed this a little bit where Jim Harbaugh and the Big Ten, but specifically it starts with Jim Harbaugh, was targeted by uh, media outside of our conference, which is not, not surprising. But some of you may have heard that uh, Paul Feinbaum was back at it again here leading up to the Final Four weekend. And uh, let me see if I can find out exactly what it was. But just uh, 
saying how essentially Jim Harbaugh's hiring at Michigan has been a failure and that in just, what is it, five or six years, Michigan has been to two national championships for basketball, but uh, but then Jim Harbaugh's uh, time as a head coach for Michigan football has uh, essentially been a failure. And so uh, we discussed that a little bit, and uh, I'll share my thoughts, but Brandon, I know uh, pretty much every Michigan fan has an opinion when it comes to Paul slash Pete Feinbaum, and so what were your reactions to, yet again, another instance when Paul just seems to have to talk about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh? Well, we all know he's kind of a – he's definitely an SEC slappy. But wasn't it something along the lines that he said that uh, that Beeline is what we th- we wanted Harbaugh to be and that he's not? Or something along the lines like that. Yeah. But the guy, he's basically just there for hot takes. He's there to get people talking and to get people watching his show. Um. So he's just going to say the most ridiculous things and try to get people angry. I don't know why he's targeted Michigan so much. I think he just he realizes that you know Harbaugh's out there. Everybody obviously knows who he is from his time in the NFL. I mean, as a player and a coach, but he knows that that Harbaugh is big news. Whatever he does, um, so that's so I feel like he singled him out for sure. Um. I mean, you really can't make that comparison. I mean, it's apples and oranges. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I believe that's why he does it. He just wants people to get talking. Yeah. Do you think that it might be, since I already mentioned how it's been kind of a quiet offseason so far for Jim Harbaugh uh, specifically, do you think he's almost kind of calling him out or trying to draw him out of hiding? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely trying to get a reaction out of him because if, if he gets a reaction out of him and then that's more for him to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, no, but uh, I definitely we've we've discussed this uh, previously, and I definitely agree with the idea that that is an absolute uh, a terrible comparison. I've t- we've it's come up on social media. Some people were talking about it when. uh Oh, man, was it when they got to the final four? I can't remember what it was, but some people were talking about the comparison earlier on, uh, even Big Ten fans and Michigan fans about Beeline and Jim Harbaugh. And that comparison is just terrible because uh, it's what? In the past five or six years that he's taken them to national uh, championship games, but he's been here for 11. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it took him five years to do any of that, and Jim Harbaugh is just now going into his third year. And saying that, yeah, and so I mean that—that's how you have to make the comparison. It can't be the recent history. It's, you know, how, how was it, and where the situations are, and also you're dealing with uh, five, uh, five men on the floor compared to eleven men on the field, and completely different sports. It's really rather ridiculous. And then I think part of where he gets it to, and he's drawing it from, and I didn't. I didn't listen to the radio segment. I looked at an article and everything and saw some tweets about it, but I'm not going to I'm not going to give that guy extra clicks on his uh podcast or recordings or anything because he doesn't need it because just like you said, it it's him looking for attention mostly. But um yeah, he uh he also called out the Big 10 as a whole, which is kind of surprising. He was calling out the football programs and the basketball programs. Um, 
which for whatever reason that was, I don't know if I don't know if you heard that because he was claiming about how uh, the Big Ten has only had one uh, champ basketball championship, which was 2000 Michigan State, and then there were the two Ohio State football national championships. So calling them out there, and that's you know, <laughs> it's so funny that they do that because in this uh, out of that same mouth when they're arguing and saying, oh you're. Uh, your conference isn't that good because they haven't won national championships. The years that they don't win national championships, but the rest of their teams win most of the bowl games, then they still claim greatness, <laughs> even though they didn't win the national championship. So they're really talking out, out of both sides of their mouth. They they find ways to go around it and everything, and it's really, you know, it's not too surprising because it's Paul Feinbaum. But... Uh, I'm trying to think. I thought there was one other thing that he kind of called out. Yeah, I mean, quoting quoting him here, I'll, I'll read part of this. Uh, he says, let's be honest, his, his hiring, referring to Jim Harbaugh, has been a colossal failure so far, uh, which is really hypocritical because he was making a big deal about Jim Harbaugh getting hired by Michigan before his first season and even after his first season. He was making a, a big deal out of it and talking about the good things with it. What's... Um, that's pretty specific. What's kind of your reaction to him calling him out and just completely claiming that's a failure for Jim Hart? Uh, I, I don't know if you can necessarily say it's a failure. Um, I mean, because of what he started with, I mean, I guess he had a few good players, obviously. I mean, we had that, that record for the most players drafted. Um, I mean, those are Brady Hoax players, but I mean – Coming from what we had with Hoke to what we have with Harbaugh, I mean, there is a, a big difference that I see uh, just in culture and, I mean, quality of play. But, I mean, I mean, just like most Michigan fans, I am disappointed that we, we lost to Michigan State this year after we beat them the year before. And, I mean, the two losses to Ohio State, those hurt too. But... I mean, just, you know, I do respect Urban Meyer and what he brings. So, I mean, I can I can kind of expect to lose Ohio State right now. I think this coming season is going to be a really, a really big one that we can really measure how Harbaugh's doing. Yeah, and I agree with that, too. And I think it's big and good to see that uh, they made changes on the offensive side. Uh, there was a lot of concern there, and good to see that they're making changes to – try to fix that uh, for this coming year. But, yeah, there there have certainly been disappointments, but I wouldn't say his hiring has been a disappointment or a failure. Um, to put in quick perspective and not to linger on it too long, but he came in and he gave us two double-digit win seasons back-to-back. And before that, there was only one double-digit win season. Uh, that was Brady Hoke's first year. And the last one, and that was 2011. The last one before that was 2006. And uh, so, and the last time there was back-to-back double-digit win seasons was 2002 and 2003. So he Mm -hmm. came in and he was doing things that hadn't been done in 10 years. So, and uh, it's not like he came in like LeBron James and said, we're going to come here and we're not going to win one championship, not two, not three. He didn't come here and do that. But, I mean, he, he came to restore, you know, Michigan football and, you know, we're going to compete for the Big Ten, which they have been competing. They haven't been in the title game, 
but you also have to put in perspective that um, I don't care what anybody else says. The Big Ten has some of the best coaches and some of the best teams. I don't care what you want to say about being the best conference or whatnot. But I'd like you to bring up any other division of college football that has a setup where you have coaches, the amount of coaches and coaching talent as Jim Harbaugh, Mark D'Antonio, Urban Meyer, and even on the rise is uh, Franklin, any other division in college football. And uh, even though I don't like most of those coaches, you can't deny that they're not, uh, not doing a good job. So, you know, just all that context stuff that they, they never bother talking about. So, but that's Paul Feinbaum, and we know we know how that goes. So I don't want to spend too much time talking on that, but I did want to bring that up because that was something that came up. That actually came up before the Final Four weekend uh, when uh, Michigan played its two games. So uh, one more thing to touch on football before we do talk about the basketball topics. Um this has been brought up – I can't remember if Craig and I talked about this or not. I think we may have touched on it, but um, it was if – it, if we did talk about it, it was brought up again on social media. And, and it's comparing, yet again, basketball and football, but honing in on a very specific thing here, Brandon, with Michigan's success for men's basketball, does that in any way put pressure on the Michigan football program, though? Um, I mean, you really can't even compare them. Like I said, it's, it's apples and oranges. Um, I mean, was it really putting any pressure on Michigan state coaches when Izzo was doing good? I mean, he hasn't really lately, but yeah, was it really putting any pressure on, on Michigan state coaches? And, and I really don't think so. Uh, yeah, I really can't, I, I don't think it would put any pressure at all on Harbaugh. Yeah, I, I agree. And actually, I think that's really good that you bring up that Michigan State stuff because when, I mean, look at some of the years that Michigan State, you know, went to the playoffs, had their bowl wins, won the Big Ten and things like that, and the lack of success that Michigan State had with basketball. I mean, did their football success put pressure on their basketball program? I don't I don't think anybody even talked about that. No, I don't think so. I, I think uh... – just like their recruiting classes were putting more pressure on their basketball program than the football program was. And like I said to you earlier this week, uh, is Nick Saban's success really putting pressure on Alabama's basketball coach? Yeah. Cause he, cause no one talks about that. Yeah. Maybe they completely dominate in football, but there was this, this was like the first time their basketball team made the, the tournament in how many years? Uh, I don't remember what it was, like five or six at least. Yeah. It, I, I don't think there was ever really a good comparison ever for basketball and football. Um, but you bringing up uh, Michigan State uh, brings up that interesting thing and that I just mentioned there about, you know, because that's almost the exact opposite of what uh, of Michigan's standpoint. Michigan, first and foremost, is usually known for football, no question, and then basketball, where at Michigan State, through the years, usually you go if basketball first, then football after that. Well, uh, there were those years where Michigan State, and Michigan State football is still doing well. Michigan State football took the limelight and was winning and went to playoff game uh college football playoff won bowl games won the big 10 and their basketball team wasn't doing it but 
I never heard it. I mean, maybe I wasn't listening to the right radio stations, but I never heard arguments about, you know, this is putting pressure on the basketball team, the basketball program, and Tom Izzo, which is supposed to be the limelight of Michigan State. So for people to turn around and say things like that about Michigan comparing basketball to football, I think is just ridiculous. So, um, but, uh, but not too much else, like we said, going on for football. There have been some things about recruits and things like that, but I think we'll wait and talk about uh, those things when Craig comes back because um, I know that's kind of a big thing for him is recruiting. Uh, but we'll go ahead and move into the conversation, the main conversation that people were looking at, uh, which is the uh, basketball games that were played this week in Michigan, doing it yet again surprisingly and amazingly with uh, John Beeline taking them to the Final Four as well as the National Championship game. Um, and as exciting as it was, I mean, spoiler alert, you know, I mean, Vill- Villanova beat them in the title game. But um, we'll just touch quickly on the Final Four game, but then spend most of the time on the championship game. So leading up to the championship game, uh, Brandon, I know we were talking during the Final Four game, and uh, I'm not necessarily using this to call you out, but you were pretty dire there, and you you thought all hope was lost. Uh, oh, there was plenty of times during the tournament where I thought we were done because we go through those scoring droughts, it seems like, all the time, and then, like, the momentum completely changes. And, God, I thought for sure the against Loyola that we were done in the – it was probably about the – was it the middle of the second half, I think I said that? Yeah, I think there was a round. They just got like a big shot, and then I was like, wow, just because the atmosphere completely changed. Yeah, I think you texted me, and you were just like, done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, I think our run's over. (laughs) Yeah, and and for me, and this is kind of, this is how uh, the team plays and everything, as long as they can keep it close, I'm just like, wait, give me until five minutes left, or left in the game. I was just like, if it's, if it's a one or two possession game with five minutes left, then I'm just like the the Michigan can totally do it. And actually, that's when they went on a little bit of a run, and I think they took the lead with about five minutes left. Um, and and that's just how the team played most of the time. Outside of that game that they shot the lights out against Texas A&M, is that they they hung around, uh, they played their defense, their offense kept them there, but their defense was the, what was winning the game for them, and then they closed out in the end. And and the reason they won that game was uh, Mo Wagner, like flat out for that game because he balled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I mean I I don't know if there's anything more left to really say about the Final Four game because I mean the highlight the biggest thing to t- discuss was the championship game, and honestly uh, Mo was part of the reason why Michigan won multiple games specifically the Loyola game, and. He and so I was saying going into the game, the championship game, I was just like, Michigan has to play some of their best offense to be able to have a chance to win this game. And mm-hmm. that certainly did not happen. And really, Villanova broke it down. And you saw how it started out. I mean, Michigan started hot. Michigan played a good solid 15 minutes of basketball. But then the last 25, they were completely out of the, their element. And that's because Villanova found out that just the heart of the Michigan offense has has been Mo for most of this tournament, and they took Mo out of it. No one else was able to step up. No, nope. I mean Matthews and and Rockman. They can 
contributed pretty well, but uh, I mean, for the most part, Simpson, he wasn't doing all too much. And I mean, in that Loyola game, Simpson, he was just awful. Like I thought they were better when they had Simmons out there that had, I mean, this, the attitude seemed to change and more things were happening when, when Simmons was out there, but and against Villanova, I mean, Simpson came on towards the end, but that was really, you know, about garbage time, basically. But yeah, yeah and um, and yeah, you said it too. Uh, too, I was going to bring them up specifically. Matthews and Rockman, you know, uh, they not saying that other people didn't put in the effort, but they they were able to capitalize a little bit. But neither one of them, um, you know, caught fire. Um, nobody off the bench caught fire, and it was just it, it was a struggle because they shut down the they essentially extinguished the fire by taking out Mo. Mo could not do anything; they couldn't get the ball into him. He couldn't make shots, um, and then on top of it all, and this is not at all why they lost the game. And I'm not saying at all that this would have changed the outcome of the game because obviously, what it was a 17 point loss, but the officiating didn't really help anything. So, and uh, you you pose kind of an interesting question, uh, which I would like you to ask again, uh, because I'd be interested uh, what other people are thinking and, like, for them to think about it too. But what did you ask me about the officiating with uh, comparing it to another game that was officiated? Um... Oh yeah, I so said what was what was worse, the officiating in that game or the officiating in the the Ohio State game two years ago? Yeah, and I straight up went with the Ohio State game, like that that one top to bottom was just absolutely awful. This one was bad too. I'm not saying that they even things out in this game, but eventually they kind of like not even balanced, but they they didn't. It wasn't as bad. Like, maybe it slowly got a little bit better and better throughout the game, but still wasn't very good. But that Ohio State game, I still I still don't know if there's any game that I've watched that was as badly officiated or, you know, obviously poorly officiated as that one. But Yeah, that game was probably the only game that I've ever watched in my entire life where I truly felt like something was off and that, uh, you know, something something was awry, like, it really felt like Ohio State did something to persuade those referees. Yeah, th- there's a lot of question around that, and it's something that Michigan fans are not soon to uh, to forget. But because honestly, I mean, yeah, yeah it's it's <laughs> looking back at it, it's so it's so difficult to view that and everything. Because if Michigan had won that game, that could have completely re rewritten um, Jim Harbaugh's tenure. And how Mich- the Michigan fan base feels, you know, I mean, because that would have been, a, uh, wouldn't that have been a Big Ten title game appearance? I think. Yeah, I believe so. And then, uh, and then, who knows? Because they were knocking on the door with the college football playoff. Not saying at all. I think they would have won the wouldn't would have won the playoffs if they would have gone because Michigan wound up losing to Florida State and everything. But you know, um who knows what they could have done. And it would have been a more positive outlook to have that happen to uh, maybe win the big 10 title and go to the playoffs rather than, you know, have it finish with two losses. Uh, Well, three in a row technically at the end of that season. So yeah, talk about bad officiating, but, uh, but yeah, with this game, I mean, 
it's kind of interesting because I almost feel like there are different Michigan fans when it comes to basketball. It's either different fans or they uh, completely come at it with a completely different attitude. Do you think that? Because uh, um, when this was done, I felt like, you know, there wasn't as much you – know, uh, well, not done, but, you know, throughout this tournament and everything, there wasn't as much – anger and frustration and, you know, people pointing fingers at players or the coach and just different things. You know, some stuff that you see with the fans during football season, it just seems like people were more civil and everything. I don't know if it's just because they made it to the Final Four in the championship game, but they still wound up losing and, frankly, losing badly in the championship game. Do do you feel like there was a difference in the fan base? I think what it is is that, no one really expected this team to go on this kind of run. I mean, we all kind of hoped after the the Big Ten tournament and how well they played, but I don't think anybody really expected them to to make it to the national championship. So I think everybody by that point that we were just happy that you know they put on a good show. Uh, I mean, they had that crazy game against Houston, which is probably one of the most exciting basketball games I ever saw, and. You know, just just the way we handled ourselves through the whole tournament. Uh, whereas in football, I think we expect to be to be good, and we expect to win more games. So it makes it more frustrating when we don't. And, and especially how our offense played last year, that was just incredibly frustrating. I mean, we watched a bowl game together with Craig, and <laughs> you know, you could see the frustration through all of us during that game. <laughs> Yeah, that that was very rough. But that's a very good point. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of broke it down that way. That's a very good point. Um, and and by all means, by by me saying that and everything, I'm not like throwing the fan base under the bus. But anybody who's on social media sees the frustration that fans take out, and some of them very inappropriately so with uh, coaches and players and things like that. So it was very nice to see the support the team got, um, and. Uh, just even though it was a disappointing end to it all, uh, the positive reactions from people. And I think it was summed up really well by the uh, Michigan basketball Twitter account where they uh, – shoot, I wish I knew exactly what it was. But it was basically um, don't be sad with how it ended, but be happy uh, that it happened, you know, that the journey happened and everything. You know, it was a special, it was a special journey. It was mm-hmm. just for exactly what you said, Brandon, that nobody expected it. So, um, and, uh, and then uh, there were interesting, uh, things that we even talked about comparing it back to the 2013 season, which one of the interesting things <laughs> was, uh, how the opposing players perform in the championship game. Yeah. How, how eerily similar, similar were those two games? Uh, it, uh, it blows my mind. <laughs> Cause we came out hot in the, in the first half really quick off the bat in both games. Um, well, I mean, this year's um, Mo was just making every single shot. And then in the 2013 game, we had Spike Albrecht just raining three-pointers like crazy. And then once the second half came along in both of those games, everybody got cold and the other team started taking over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and not to, not to mention – that both times some uh hold on let me let me make sure i got this right yeah some bench white guy for the opposing <laughs> team comes out of nowhere and also becomes pistol pete 
<laughs> it's unstoppable. Yeah, I think I actually I texted you during the game on Saturday, and I said, who is this white guy that comes off the bench and he's the second coming of Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. You guys jump it up and he's block and he blocked that dunk on Matthews. Yeah. That was insane. And I mean there was contact on it, but Yeah. Still he just stopped him right in his tracks. And then the guy's shooting threes, driving in and dunking it. And it was it was nuts. It was like we were watching a video game. Nobody could stop that guy. Yeah, he had a stupid performance. Um, and, and not quite as uh, – so what we're comparing to is back in the 2013 game when Michigan played Louisville, if you don't remember, there was uh, Hancock who played for Louisville. And I don't know what he averaged, um, but he came out and wound up having 22 points, which is a very good performance, especially for a bench player. The only other points from the Louisville bench were two points, and he, <laughs> and he pulls up 22 points, uh, which was – he was the leading scorer for their team then. Uh, the impressive thing that he wound up doing was he was five for five th- from the three-point line. Five. Yeah, it seemed like every time he got the ball, boom, put it up, sinks it. Yeah, and then he was five for six from the floor, too, uh, for regular fr- uh, field goals. And so then this year, what did we see is that DiVincenzo, another white guy, uh, comes out of nowhere and just decides to have a record night. Not o- not only did he have a record night, I think, for him, I think it was the most points for him. This guy averages 13 points a game. He puts up 31, and it's the most points by anyone off the bench for, I don't know if it was the NCAA tournament or maybe just the championship game. So he has a record night. Uh, at the most inopportune time for Michigan, of course, he didn't quite have uh, the insane numbers as uh, Hancock did. I mean, he still had he had more points and things like that, but he wound up going five for seven from the three point line, ten for fifteen from the floor. I mean, just uh, almost unstoppable still. So it was just, you know, just when Michigan needed something to give them a little bit of an opening to potentially close that gap. I mean, okay, if 13 points, if you took away, uh, if he, if you went and dropped him to his average and everything, that would have made it like a two-possession game if he just was his average self and scored 13 points. It would have made it something like a two-possession game. But no, like the hand of God comes down and – you know, makes him, like you said, the second coming of Jordan, and he just totally runs away with the game. And so it makes it for an uneventful uneventful second half and not the most entertaining champ, entertaining championship game you've ever seen. I, It was probably about, sheesh, uh, three minutes into the second half when that guy was still going strong. And I remember just like yelling at my TV and just wanting someone. I wanted Beeline to bring somebody off the bench and just Bill Lambeer him. <laughs> Goes in for a layup and he just grab him and throw him out of the court. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it probably still wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have done anything to help. But yeah, he probably still would have made the shot and got and one and <laughs> made the free throw. Yeah, he would have scored forty one instead of thirty one. Um, no, it, it was. Uh, yeah, I remember texting you with around uh, around that time, and you're just like you, you were saying how it looked like it was over, and uh, I was just like, I, you know, I'm waiting until the ten minute mark, ten ten minute mark, and five minute mark left in the game are are very like key and everything with how Michigan team can respond, 
And this time with the uh, the deficit they were playing at being larger, I was just like, show me where we're at ten, 10 minutes left in the game. And it was an even worse margin. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was just like, unless they do something now, it's going to be over. And by the time eight minutes came up, I think the their deficit increased even more. So I was just like, that's that's it. I mean, they outside of a miracle, that would be even more impressive than Poole's miracle. Well, I, I don't know if you would say that's a miracle shot because it was not that far of a shot, but just, you know, something more insane than that. And so just odds were, odds were out and everything. Those guys played their hearts out. Uh, heck, heck of a time for Mo. Um, and what was it? I think they were saying that they were undefeated at games that Mo's mom was there watching. And, of course, the championship game is the one to break it. <laughs> and Beeline had a chance to get his 800th win, and that didn't come out for that game either. So uh, a very – the and I think – Hopefully I say it the way that I did on Twitter because I was really happy with it. It was a rough game to watch, and it was very disappointing to see how it ended because they got so close, but really in the end for that final game, they were so far away. But they did a heck of a job, and just like you said, it, it was unexpected. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think about the time where I realized that the game was we weren't going to win was – and it was right around that that ten minute mark, and it was we would drive down the court, we would get the two, they'd pass it in, they'd either miss a shot or we get a steal, and we would get another two. They would get the ball, go down the court, and then shoot a three pointer. It seemed like every single time we started gaining ground, they would just hit some three pointer that would change the momentum again. Yeah. Yep. Any chance we had uh, that Michigan would make a shot, they would wind up making a three-point shot, and they would increase their lead just inch by inch. So, yeah, it was certainly rough. So, but but it was fun. It was fun while it lasted, and heck of a job by them. They're going to be losing a few players. I expect uh, Mo's going to be gone. You, what do you think? You think Mo's going to leave? Oh yeah, I think he's gone. The way he played in the tournament, that I yeah, I think he's he's definitely going to be like a top ten pick in the NBA. Yeah, and I I can only imagine what he would because you saw what he was able to do, um, in the tournament, and be like the center of attention and be the go to guy for his team. So imagine what he could do on the in the NBA when he's got. No, not saying this in offense to them, but a more capable team, a more talented team around him that's also mm-hmm. playing on a high level. I, I, I think that'll just add, um, be a big bonus for him. So I expect him to be gone. A couple other seniors are gone. So um, it'll probably be another season next year where people don't think Michigan basketball is really going to do a whole lot, but they might surprise some people. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're losing Rockman, Duncan, most likely Mo, and I think there's one or two others that are uh, expected to be done. So, isn't Simmons isn't Simmons a senior? Yes, I feel like he is. Yeah. Uh, yes, maybe. Let me see. Yes, Simmons senior. So, and then uh, I think there was some some somebody was saying with Matthews they didn't know if he was going to be playing again. But he's a junior, so I don't I don't know what the yeah. discussion was. But anyways, so good good season. 
uh, for the men's basketball team, uh, and then hockey team doing well too. Mm-hmm. So have you been keeping up with that or? Um, I haven't seen anything in a while. Um, I don't even, I don't even know when their game is actually, you don't really hear too much about the hockey hockey team until they're like actually in the frozen four. Yeah. Like they're, they're at that point now, the hockey team's in the yeah. frozen four, but I, yeah, I don't know when the game is either. And I know you're more of the hockey fan than I am. So I didn't know if you had heard anything more about that, but you've got your draft coming up and everything for the line. So I know that you're ready to switch over to that. But. Yep. I'm actually looking it up right now to see what day that's going to be. Oh. It's weird. This, this link that I found here doesn't say the day, but it says it's at nine thirty PM and we're playing Notre Dame uh, <laughs> on ESPN two. <laughs> All right. Um, Thursday night. So Thursday it's tomorrow night. night. There you go. For those of you who didn't know, support. Wait a minute. Is Ohio State in the Frozen Four? Yeah, they're playing uh, Minnesota Duluth, oh. who actually beat us in the championship a few years ago. Oh. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, I remember hearing Minnesota Duluth being good with hockey and everything. I didn't realize that two Big Ten teams were in it. So... Well, there you go. So yet another way that the Michigan-Notre Dame rivalry is um, hot at it because there's this in the Frozen Four. Michigan kicks off the football season playing against Notre Dame, and Michigan took a recruit from Notre Dame not too long ago. Uh, And also it will be the first time playing in that rivalry game since 2013 or something like that. So that long ago, but yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's right around there. So it's been a while. So a lot of things uh, revolving around Notre Dame coming up. So so yeah, Thursday night, if you can check it out, support the hockey team. I know that uh, I, I can be bad with it too. Outside of football and basketball, I don't do that that great with keeping up with it. But it's awesome to see the Michigan athletics do well. So uh, anything uh, football wise, or anything more with the uh, championship drive before we kind of close things out here brandon I, i'm sorry what's that anything before we close things out about uh football or basketball before i end it um not too much i i mean i'm just I'm interested to see what uh what wagner decides uh you know even if matthews decides to go out because he had a great tournament as well um sometimes that can really change a guy's mind i mean look what it did for mcgarry yeah, and then uh, that makes me think too of uh, Griffin, uh, the third, um, oh, the third, uh, no, yeah, Robert Griffin the third, yeah, Robert Griffin the third. Thank you. I was trying to think of the whole thing. Um, I think he left too early, in my opinion, but you know that's just me. Yeah, I agree too. He actually just got signed by the the Ravens yesterday. Oh, uh, all right. Wait. Yeah, so he's actually going to play. Oh no 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 not uh sorry not no the wow I mean I have to edit it. who you thinking of Blake Griffin no the who is the basketball player uh Robinson Robinson ah there you go oh Glenn Robinson Glenn Robinson there we go yeah okay. yeah I agree I think he he came out too early and I was actually surprised when Hardaway Jr. came out but he's actually been playing pretty well 
Yeah, I, I think I was more surprised about Robinson. Gosh, I feel so. I knew it was a third. Anyway, <laughs> not not my most shining moment. But yeah, I think I was more surprised about Robinson than Hardaway uh, because Hardaway had more, if I remember correctly, more of an impressive tournament run than he did. But yeah, I think Har- uh, Robinson left uh, too early, and so um, I. I th- I personally hope and think that would be good for Matthews to say, but that that's just my own opinion. I'm not a basketball expert at all, but my two cents on that. Yeah, I think he needs to stay another year, um, improve on his free throws for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, there's no reason a guy that can shoot like he can shoot with those turnaround jumpers, the three pointers. There's no reason why he should be shooting, you know, 50% from the line. Yeah. That's a Kentucky thing, I think that I picked up on, because <laughs> he transferred from Kentucky, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so <laughs> they're not very good at free throws, but anyway. So, all right. Well, thanks, Brandon. Uh, thanks for filling in for Craig. Um, we might have you on again sometime. We've we've been actually trying to get Brandon on for quite a while. We we're like, dude, Brandon, you can come on whenever you want. And so uh, we finally got him on. Finally, crowded him in and got him on the show. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, more, more stuff will be coming in with the off season. Uh, we'll have an episode next week before the spring game. Like I said, uh, Craig and I anticipate to be there and we'll probably announce next week kind of what's going on, where we might be or what's happening. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit later in the weekend. So, or a little bit later in the week. So the weekend's over here, uh, almost here. Hope you guys have a good rest of the week. We thank you guys as always as tuning in. Um, and yeah, thank you, Brandon, for stepping in. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. All right. So we will go ahead and uh, close things out here as we always do. And we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue. <laughs>